0: You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to a special crossover episode of Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Buckeyes. Thank you, everybody, for making us your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app, or use the or and use the promo code LOCK to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more. Hoosiers and Buckeyes set to meet this weekend. I'm your host over at Locked On Hoosiers, Jacob Rood. Obviously, Jay Stevens here, the host of Locked On Buckeyes. Uh, this meeting uh, between the Hoosiers and Buckeyes. Traditionally has been a interesting one at times, but Jay, uh, these are two programs on two entirely different levels right now. Uh, how have the the Buckeyes been going so far this season?
0: Number two team in the country, I think that's where you can start right there. Not saying that they have been playing the best ball of late, but they are the number two team in the country. The Buckeyes undefeated nine and zero this year. Uh, for started off the year hot six and zero. Um, beating everybody, a really good hard fault win against Notre Dame. Uh, then he come out and play two lesser opponents, and then you just you get in the Big Ten play. You're rocking. You're rolling. And it's quickly and easy to see that the Big Ten opponents are not up to their standard. Post-by-week, the story has been a little bit different. The play has not been elite, as elite as it was during the first part of the season. Last week against Northwestern, <clears throat> you look at the final score in the stats, you're wondering what happened. It was one of the wackiest wackiest, and weirdest games I've ever watched Ohio State play in my lifetime. However, the Buckeyes were victorious in, so, in some abnormal and weird weather conditions. Probably some things we will never see ever again as we watch football. But the Buckeyes are 9-0. I think that's a story. And they are putting themselves in a spot to be in the playoff at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about the bet online odds here in a little bit. We look before the show starts. I believe it's a uh, Buckeyes by 40 and a half. So realistically, this isn't a game that um, you're going to pin as an upset bid. And if Ohio State's going to lose this game, it's probably going to have a lot more to do with stuff Ohio State isn't doing than stuff that Indiana is doing. So I mean, kind of looking back to last week, there's obviously not going to be like 700 mile an hour winds or whatever it was against Northwestern. Uh, but when when I or excuse me, when Ohio State has has struggled, I mean, what's been some of the, the root causes of that?
0: So, Jacob, I want to piggyback off of that wind gust uh, sarcasm you just threw at. Everyone here listening, they probably felt it and felt a gust of wind go across their face, just like C.J. Stroud felt a week ago when he was throwing the football. Uh, it's funny how numbers go. Um, I first, I heard, and I was looking at the weather, 25 to 30 mile per hour wind gust throughout the game. All of a sudden, at kickoff on the TV, 40 plus mile per hour wind gusts are expected <laughs> throughout the game. Molly McGrath on Instagram, 50 mile per hour wind gust. <laughs> Ryan Dane, a pressure, 80 miles per hour, he felt, he was told, went through the stadium. I don't know how the inflation hit so crazy like it's hit the grocery store, <laughs> but that's how it was with the wind that was there in the windy city. I forget your question uh, more b- about Ohio State, but I had to get that comment out there. Sorry, I got so into it. What was your question again? Yeah, I mean, just
1: when when Ohio State has struggled this year like they did, you mentioned last week, well, what's kind of been the,
0: the issues that have plagued them? Mainly on offense, and that might be yeah. the weirdest thing that I would have said. I thought I would say at this part point of the season, offensive of line blocking as things got better, as you're playing better opponents, offensive of line blocking, and the consistency up front has been an issue. Last week, Marvin Harrison Jr. was seen to be the only guy that could get open, and Northwestern did a very good job of cloud covering him and having two guys around him throughout most of the game. America Ekabuka caged over the tight end, uh, Julian, Julian Fleming. A lot of times, those guys weren't, weren't there. Now, granted, I will say the win was crazy a week ago. I just went through a long thing of how what I saw throughout the, and how things have progressed throughout time. But it's offensively. Defensively, things have been pretty well, better than expected, better than advertised. That has been Jim Knowles. But offensively, running back depth, Running back injuries have been an issue. Um, Now he got an offensive lineman hurt. Will he play this week? Probably. If his backup plays, it probably will not be an issue. But the biggest issues have been offensively and coaches and lack of adjustments. I didn't think I would say that about Ohio State's offense in 2022, Jacob. But here we are. I mean, I,
1: I look back to last season in the game in Bloomington. It was a it was nasty weather for that game, but that game got out of hand real quick because of that uh, Ohio State offense and putting up 44 points in the first half. You you obviously lost um, a couple of, of the best receivers in the country. Uh, what is this offense when it's working, I guess, when it isn't struggling? Is it still kind of this high-powered, high-octane offense led by C.J. Stroud?
0: Yes. Yes, it is. High power, high octane offense led by C.J. Stroud is a great way to put it. And I say it that way on purpose because it's all about the offense. It's all about Stroud. It's all about his arm, not his legs. And you mentioned Alave and Wilson were not on the field this year. Neither is Jackson Smith and Jacoba, who I do not think will play this week. He's been nursing a hamstring injury, came back against Toledo, uh, left the game. Uh, I, think he, he, I think he came back I want to say against Iowa post-bye week, left the game there again. He, his absence, you would think, has been a big problem. Actually, there have been Buckeye receivers that have stepped up in big ways and showed that they can be relied on to move the ball down the field. And so it still is drought. The running game that you would think you have at Ohio State is not up to par and that's an issue at Ohio State. Still 9-0, still playing phenomenal football, still one of the best scoring golfers in, in the country, still one of the best – I mean, if you look at the offensive numbers, it's still up there uh, competing with the the best of the best offensively at the FBS level, but it still is Stroud, still his arm. A lot of an air-raid offense, Ryan Day is running, and when it's clicking on all cylinders – we saw how quickly things can change against Penn State. We are down 21-16. Next thing you know, you score four quick touchdowns, and Penn State has no idea what well, just hit them.
1: I, I I don't disagree that you guys have offensive issues. It's just funny kind of looking at the the stats and that uh, Ohio State's averaging uh, 480 yards per game, and there's been inconsistencies offensively, and that's 150 yards more per game than IU can, can manage right now. Uh, last thing I wanted to mention or discuss is is the defense, because IU, uh, the crux of their issues have been an inability to block on the offensive line. How much pressure is that front seven kind of capable of creating, and is
0: it a, a group that can get to the quarterback? Yes, it is. The pressure from the front seven is not just from the front four. Um, it is from the front. Well, front six. Ohio State runs four down linemen, two linebackers. Um, but yes, yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to bring in a blitzing safety, you can add seven. Yeah, there, there's pressure that's going to be put on there, and as Larry Johnson, the elite de- developer of defensive lineman that he is, he's going to realize the offensive line of uh Indiana is not not good. Um, yeah. I remember a game. It was Indiana versus Ohio State. It wasn't last year's game. But I think it was a few years ago. And I want to say the left tackle, was it Caleb Jones? I think that's his yep. name. He was going up against yep. Chase Young, maybe 2019. Now, granted, Chase Young is crazy. But Chase Young just ate him ate him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It had a midnight snack. I mean, he did that the entire game when they were going up against each other. If JT Toy Twimoloa was left on the field, he's not Chase Young in that skill set. Not their skill sets different, but he can be dominant mm-hmm. in this game, like Chase Young was back in that game. I believe I believe it was 2019. And so, yeah, they're dominant. Zach Harris is playing phenomenal football, the best ball he's played in college at Ohio State. And so they better watch out. They better have a plan, two tight ends, leave a tight end on the line, leave a back end to block, do do something. Because if they don't, even if Ohio State brings just four down lineman and leaves all the linebackers back in coverage you better watch out because if my call gets loose if he starts playing at the interior deta- interior line position it could be a problem and a major headache for whatever quarterback tom allen throws out there
1: yeah and i'm sure we'll mention that but yeah i i promise that uh you won't even need to send extra pressure because uh the way i use offensive line has been trending uh, you can do uh, four down linemen and you're going to get to the quarterback. Th- I hadn't thought about that Chase Young game in a while. That needed to come with a trigger warning because I uh, <laughs> I look at, I remember it, it. It was 2019, two and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, uh, just obliterated the offensive line. But yeah, this IU team is not trending in the right direction. And we'll talk about that here in, in just a minute. Before that, though, we want to talk about the sponsor of today's episode, Upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why we started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. We all do those things anyway. Uh, With Upside, we don't have to cut back because we get cash on every purchase. It's very simple. There's a gas station right down the road from my apartment that just drive to, check in on the app, uh, claim the offer, fill up your gas as normal as uh, you typically would. About 24 hours, you'll get a notification on your phone that you had money added to your wallet. It's simple. To get started, download the free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back. Uh, download the free Upside app, or use the pro- or and use the promo code Locked to get that five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of at least ten dollars. That's five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more using
0: promo code Locked. Jacob, the Indiana Hoosiers. As we continue our Locked on crossover, you've heard about the Ohio State Buckeyes and their season. Story issues, players that can do some good things on defense. But I mentioned a while ago, before we hit the break, about the quarterback situation. I do that little nugget up there on purpose because I've watched a loft now from you, and you discussed how the most recent game, I believe it was against Penn State, where Indiana got mollywopped, destroyed, <laughs> final score 45 to 14. Indiana used so many quarterbacks. Could you please explain the signal calling situation and who Ohio State might see play quarterback for the Hoosiers of Indiana? Uh your guess is as good as mine. No, <laughs> um so for this game, it
1: does look like Connor Baselak is going to be back. Um he is was up to last week the quarterback um that had played every down aside from one attempt. Uh, for Donovan McCauley. Um, so IU went into the bye week. There was no indication of anything um, that there was going to be a quarterback change come out of the bye week. Tom Allen makes some kind of vague comments about there being a change. Ultimately ended up Baylack was banged up because he's getting smoked half the plays because our offensive line can't block. Um, he was banged up. He didn't play. What happened after that was a mess. Um IU went to who is technically its backup quarterback Jack Tuttle, who I believe started against you guys last year. Um he is in the transfer portal. Actively in the transfer portal. He is transferring away in December. And I don't recall a situation ever where he has announced he's going to the transfer portal and a a team playing that guy at quarterback. It, it was bizarre. Uh, unfortunately for him, he got injured. They don't know the full extent. Um, he should be healthy for like next season and moving on, but he goes out. So the idea then the whole time the the presumption was that Dexter Williams, who's been kind of the heir apparent for a while at Indiana, uh, he would be the guy that would come in and start even before um Jack Tuttle bizarrely i u went to a true freshman. Uh, Brendan Sorsby who was an unheralded recruit committed really late in the process Uh, he wasn't even dressing at the beginning of the season for games and they went to him it predictably went really bad Uh, and then just kind of uh, at that point we assumed Dexter Williams was hurt or something he was not because then Indiana was like well this is going bad let's put Dexter Williams out there it was the best that I use offense looked but it was an absolute mess, is the PG way I will say that. Uh, and so, if Baselack gets hurt, um, which it there isn't like one injury he's dealing with, it's just kind of general. I mean, I, I I joke, but it's literally just the beating he takes every game. He's kind of had he's favored his shoulder a couple times. Um, at this point, if Basile gets hurt. It would be Dexter Williams. uh it sounded like Tom Allen was impressed by him more than anyone else. Jack Tuttle's obviously hurt now. Baylack is a a more traditional quarterback. Dexter Williams is kind of this dual threat. uh Bazelak throws has thrown like a million times per game. uh He's thrown three hundred and seventy nine times in eight games. um he He topped out at sixty six pass attempts against Cincinnati uh his fewest was 29 after that is 42 against Maryland and rutgers we throw the ball a lot uh Bazelak, his he might have needed the week off just to rest his shoulder from throwing <laughs> the ball so much um but yeah right now it sounds like Connor basilak is going to be the quarterback if he's out after that i it, it could get wild because what we expect to happen
0: certainly did not happen last week Jacob, why have things been so dysfunctional for the Indiana Hoosier football team post-2020, 2020, a high point? Everyone remembers how crazy that season was for Indiana. And then the next thing you know, they're I think they're ranked in the preseason poll going into 2021, and then it's back to the good old Indiana losing <laughs> ways. Tom Allen got an extension, got a massive contract, has a crazy buyout as well. What's, why is it so dysfunctional right now in Bloomington, Indiana?
1: Yeah, uh, good old Indiana. That is, uh, it, you can't run from it, I guess. Uh, you can have a, a blip of a year in 2020 where everything seemed great. Like you mentioned, we headed into 2021, ranked, I believe it was either 16th or 17th in the preseason poll. <clears throat> and then to use the phrase you you used earlier, Iowa mollywopped us. Uh, and, and that has sent the, the program into a spiral basically after that game. Um, they, I, I, it's been such a bizarre last two seasons because yeah, everybody was super optimistic, super high on IU football. Even last year's team was one that returned a boatload of talent from that 2020 team, um, there was a myriad of issues. There was a lot of injuries. There was, uh, some guys underperforming Tom Allen basically said there, um, I can't believe, I can't, uh, excuse me. I can't remember how he phrased it exactly, but the, the message was basically some guys didn't work as hard now that there was kind of the success they experienced and, um, they didn't work as hard in the preseason and things like that. And so, you would have thought last season would have been a wake-up call, and that's seemingly how Indiana treated it during the offseason. They um, fired the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator leaves, um, all sorts of of members of the coaching staff leave. Um, They have a new running backs coach, wide receiver coach, coordinators on both sides of the ball. Tom Allen takes over defensive play calling duties. Um, It seemed like, Indiana was trying to clean house and kind of exercise the demons of 2021 and and try to move on a, a little bit. It, it seemed like that early in the season. They did start three and oh, it was a very, um, I mean, clearly it was not a very real three and oh, they, I mean, they beat Illinois, which is looking more and more inexplicable as Illinois keeps uh, winning. They Illinois pretty much shut Indiana down for that game. Uh, but then Indiana had a 75 yard drive basically as time expired to win that game. Um, they beat Idaho in a game where, uh, they were trailing at halftime to an FCS team. They beat Western Kentucky. They needed a missed field goal and a blocked field goal and at the end of regulation and overtime to win that one. Uh, and then they have just kind of been found out the rest of this season. Cincinnati walked a, or, uh, whooped them nebraska won on the road after firing scott frost and then it's been kind of ugly since then uh things have kind of spiraled um the offense the crux of the issue on the field is that the offensive line just cannot block and i know i've mentioned that a handful of times it was the issue last season but one of the only coaches that wasn't fired was the offensive line coach and um he was fired mid season for whatever that was worth. But IU is, has really struggled to block. And when you can't block anything, it just completely derails whatever you want to do offensively. So um, it, it's just been kind of spiraling downwards. The offensive line has kind of been the issue the last two seasons. Um, it, it It's hard to put a, a finger on anything else though, because it, Tom Allen hasn't changed who he who he was that everybody kind of fell in love with in 2020. He's still that same crazy, energetic coach and and whatnot. Um, it's just been a lot of underperforming on the field, which I'm. It, it's led to him growing more and more on the
0: hot seat. Jacob, if you could quickly, last thing I got for you, we talk about the dysfunction and the bad situation with the quarterbacks. Could you give me three guys quickly who are bright spots for this football team?
1: Yeah, well, Deshaun McCall is going to be one of them. The true freshman, the highest ranked recruit I use uh, ever had. Um, He is a linebacker slash kind of edge rusher uh, defensively, uh, five and a half tackles for loss, four sacks this year, uh, 38 tackles total. He's been awesome and um, one of the most fun players to watch. Honestly, Aaron Casey as well. He's a senior linebacker who stepped in. Micah McFadden uh, having left last season um, to the NFL. Aaron Casey stepped in, filled that hole admirably um, as a senior linebacker. And then I'll throw one more kind of uh, dark horse name. Jalen Lucas, uh, he is another true freshman that um, – Statistically, I mean he only has 207 yards this year. Uh he's gotten more and more touches on the field. Really explosive player. use work to get him on the field more and more uh this season. Um they were able to get him on the field a a fair amount last week. I would expect that to continue this week, but easily the most explosive player IU has offensively.
0: You've heard it from the man himself, Jacob Rude, the host of Locked On Hoosiers, getting the lowdown and the breakdown of the Hoosiers football team. You heard the Buckeyes side from myself, Jay Stevens, the host of Locked on Buckeyes. But what do these hosts, the two of us, think the score will be, the game will go down? How, what are our thoughts about how this game will be played? We'll share those next right here on this Locked on Crossover featuring Locked on Hoosiers and Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports we've got we've got it all covered at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at BetOnline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action, bet online where the game starts. Jacob, I want to throw it back to you and uh, continue this fun journey, talking about the matchup between these two teams on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um,
1: I, I would just say it, one thing we can do before we do a prediction. I guess what is going to be the key uh, for Ohio State if they are to kind of get over their um, – inconsistencies or struggles last week. What's going to be, to you, one of the keys to to winning this game on Saturday?
0: Playing Ohio State football. Yeah. I could have gone a different way, but last week was not Ohio State football to end that. A lot of players looked disinterested. There was a lack of lack of intensity and being um, tenacious on the football field. Playing Ohio State football. If you play Ohio State football, everything will be fine. If I want to go deeper than that, the run game. Like, the run game has to get better. And that may be the, – the biggest key to me is just simply playing Ohio State football. Like, the you play the Buckeye football, like, this game is over within the first seven minutes of the game. Like, I, I legit, legitimately mean that. Like, it can be two touchdowns on offense, uh, a defensive touchdown, or a score via special, special teams. Next thing you know, it's 21-0 Buckeyes with 7.30 left in the first quarter. I legitimately believe it can be over that quickly.
1: Yeah, and I mean – as we mentioned, or as I mentioned earlier, I use coming into this game as a 40 and a half point underdog. Um, I, the, this is probably not going to be the team that, that upends Ohio state. Uh, it would be, I don't know what the biggest upsets are in terms of betting margin or, or spread, but this would be right up there. This Indiana team is just too much of a mess right now. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point about, what IU needs to do is block because it's just simply not something that this group, this team is capable of. Um, but just kind of control possession a little bit. The, this IU team with Connor Bazelak, you guys are going to see plays at this absurd tempo that it, it I, it's hard to even really explain how fast IU is going to play on Saturday, presuming they play like they did with Connor Bazelak before he was injured, which I don't know why they wouldn't, but they're going to go up, they're going to snap the ball, run a play. It's probably going to be a screen to the outside for uh, to a wide receiver. And then like you, you have those moments where uh, a team will run up to the line and pretend to snap the ball, and then everybody look over to the sideline. IU won't pretend. They'll just snap the ball again and run another play, and then they'll do that one more time. The problem is they've struggled uh, so much this season that that will be three incomplete passes. You'll have run 15 seconds off the clock, and you're going to hand the ball right back to the opposing team. And it's wore down the defense throughout the season. And by the end of games, I use defense, just can't get stops it needs in big games. Um, so I, just trying to find a rhythm might be better than saying – they they really don't care about time of possession. Finding a rhythm offensively, there's been a couple times Indiana's uh, – whenever they do put things together, the, the offense looks really good. They, there was a, basically a half against Michigan where they did that. Uh, we won't talk about the second half there though, but um, <laughs> at, at times it can look good when they find a rhythm though. We've mentioned the spread. We've mentioned everything else. Jay, what is your prediction for how this game is going to go on Saturday?
0: I honestly kind of see it being a twenty-eight or twenty-four-zero in the first quarter type of deal. Yeah. Because Ryan Day knows they need there there are things they need to work on, but also he knows he has to find a way to build confidence with his team. Remember last year, Ohio State, Michigan State, now Michigan State and Iowa and this Indiana team are not on the same level. Don't get it twisted. I remember last year, Big Dune was there. Um I forget where the game I forget where the game was played. Um, I think it was in Columbus last year. And then Ohio State just came out. Now, granted, Kenneth Walker the third day go down that game. I think he had a concussion. But outside of that, like Ohio State came out early. Got on top, pounded them. Yeah. Michigan State had no answer. Now I do think they're gonna come out early. Indiana's not gonna have an answer for anything that's gonna happen in this game. Um I, I just see the I, I I see the offense starting to get back to who they are, not trying to force the run. Even though you believe you need to run the ball a lot and well to win a championship, but get back to doing what works. You have three really good receivers, two of them, one of them being a guy who might win the couple Award at the end of the year. You have really good defense. Let them do their job. Um, Jacob, I could easily see this game being a, with a game having a, having a final score fifty-two to six. Yeah, I think it could also be the. The first time this season. Well, I did first time this season for sure, but the Buckeyes defense, the Buckeyes could hold an opponent to single digits in back to back games. Whatever you want to say about the offense last week against Northwestern, the defense as well, holding any opponent to single digits is huge. Doing it in back to back weeks is huge. I don't care if it's lesser opponents, it's huge. It should be done. And I do believe it could be a 56 to, 52 to 6 outcome at the end of this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look back to last year's game that had a 54-7 to final score, and it feels like it'll be somewhere right around there. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of when um, Ohio State calls off the dogs, basically, how much how much they want to do offensively before uh, they pull out C.J. Stroud and everyone else. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just a matter of how much Ohio State's going to win by, 48-7, 52 52- to seven or six or whatever it's going to be right around there uh i I, i'm not going to advise you to bet on ohio state to cover because that's an absurd spread but uh ohio state can score as much as they want it's just going to be a matter of kind of that garbage time for the final score and how things play out there that to me this is not going to be a game that i use going to be competitive in for very long i can very much see it play out like you said where boom 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 and Suddenly I use down 21 to nothing with eight minutes to go in the first quarter. And I'm trying to find another game to watch to to get rid of the rest of the afternoon. Uh, Thanks again though, guys, for making us your first listen every day Uh, for your next listen, check out the locked on sports today. Podcast biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day available on the odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you guys get podcasts, follow uh, our accounts on Twitter, Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Jay, appreciate you doing this and and, uh, joining in this lockdown crossover. And, um, yeah, be sure you guys rate and review, subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. And we'll be back with you tomorrow with our respective shows.